Hey everyone, welcome to Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts, where every week we cover the latest in music news, reviews, interviews, releases, discovery, history, and more. I'm your host, Chris Zappa, and as always, the world of music is a busy place, so without further ado, ground control to listener, take your protein pills, put your helmet on, this podcast ain't gonna listen to itself... Everybody, welcome back to Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts and newsletters. I am your host, Chris Zappa. This is episode number 63. Thank you for coming back. As you may or may not have noticed, uh, there was no show last week, and I wanted to quickly apologize for that. That would uh, be my fault, however, it was sort of out of my hands. As it turns out, I lost my voice, and uh, also, as it turns out, having a voice is really important when it comes to recording a podcast. Who knew? So without being able to speak, uh, without sounding like a frog, I couldn't do the show and I decided that I would just put things off. And uh, so I held on to the newsletter and, uh, and I'm putting it all into this week's show. So uh, to that point, we have a lot to cover in today's show. I hope that everyone out there listening is doing well and having a good week. Uh, hopefully, depending on where you are, hopefully you're not too terribly hot. But I tell you what is hot, the world of music. There's so much going on. One thing in particular of note I wanted to uh, bring to everyone's attention. My friend Leandro has a band called Breezy. Breezy the Band. If you look them up on Spotify or Apple Music, uh, whatever your streaming platform of choice is, look them up exactly that way. Breezy the Band. Because if you just put in Breezy, uh, it'll pull up some other bands but uh, breezy the band type that full thing in look them up they just released today as a matter of fact a brand new single lava river cave is the title of the song and i don't know about you but i like feel good music i like music that makes me feel good that makes me feel happy that puts me in a good mood something that's uh, that's positive and uplifting and that's exactly what this song does i love it i love it i have been uh, privileged to be privy to hear the song before it was released and uh, listened to it many, many, many times over. And then, of course, since it came out this morning, uh, I've just been playing it on on repeat. And they're, uh, according to their press release for the song, Lava River Cave is a mixture of Americana roots rock, crunchy jam band improv, and psychedelic garage rock from the Pacific Northwest. They hail from the Portland, Oregon area, lovely, beautiful area of the country where I uh, actually used to live. Uh, a song about the rivers of Oregon and the sanctity of water. The song is a fun, frolicking ode to nature, community, and friendship. And uh, Leandro is a, a dear friend of mine. We uh, actually found one another on TikTok uh, way back in the day, connected, and uh, and I instantly became a fan of, of Breezy, the band, and I love their music and what they do. So I encourage everyone to go out and listen to this right now. You don't even have to look too far. If you subscribe to the newsletter... Along with this here podcast, you know that every week I put out a weekly playlist. And this song, Lava River Cave by Breezy the Band, is right at the top of that playlist. So be sure to give that a listen this week. Be sure to uh, follow them on Spotify or on Apple Music. And uh, and if you're on TikTok, be sure to follow them there. Um, Leandro's always putting up a lot of great content. And uh, yeah, they're just they're good dudes and uh, they make uh, great music and I love them and I think you will too. 
On another note, I've seen some things in the news uh, recently that I just kind of wanted to talk about very briefly. I think, you know, when the pandemic happened, I think we all sort of collectively lost our minds in different ways. And in in many ways, some of us, not any of you, but some of us uh, forgot how to be decent people. And you've seen this most commonly probably in all of the stories that have come out about all the bad behavior on airlines nowadays. You know, it seems like uh, every day you're seeing a new story about someone who was just a total asshole and they're they're getting thrown off the airplane. Well, that bad behavior has uh, not uh, been, you know, saved just for airline passengers. Uh, Concert goers have also exhibited some really shitty behavior over the last couple of years. And uh, I just saw an article where it was talking about Kelsey Ballerini. I'm not, to be honest, sure what type of music she makes. I don't uh, listen to her. I've never heard her that I know of. But uh, she was just the latest musician in a long line of musicians to be struck in the face when a fan threw a bracelet at her on stage and it, and it nailed her right in the face. Last week, who else got hit in the face recently? Oh, uh, BB Rexa. Again, don't know her music either, but I know that she... Had to, had to have stitches after a dude threw his phone at her face. Uh, last year, a lot of people were throwing things at Harry Styles. He got hit in the eye with a Skittle. That can't feel good. And even worse than having a Skittle thrown at you, Kid Cudi got hit in the uh, the face with a bottle. Jesus. Just today, I saw a story that Lil Nas X was performing on stage uh, somewhere in Europe. So this behavior is not just relegated to shitty Americans. Someone threw a fleshlight at him, I believe is what it was, a, a sex toy, threw that at him, hit him on stage. Then last week, Pink, the artist Pink, uh, pop star Pink, uh, someone threw something at her. She wasn't sure what it was. She picked it up. It was a Ziploc baggie with what turns out to be the person that threw its mother's ashes. Someone threw their cremated mother's ashes at Pink on stage. That's just, that's beyond crazy. So all things considered, I guess Harry Styles kind of got off the easiest just getting a Skittle thrown at him. Still, if he had hit you in the eye, man, that would hurt. Anyway, again, I know that no one listening to this would ever do anything like that, but uh, there are some people out there that are just uh, trying to draw the attention to themselves and, uh, you know, make a spectacle of uh, of themselves and, and ruin the uh, performance, uh, not only for the artist, but for everybody else that's there. And I just think that's really shitty. But then again, you know, there's always shitty people. And when have people not been shitty? It just seems especially magnified since the pandemic and since, you know, we slowly started to return to some semblance of normalcy. It's like being in lockdown or something just tweaked some people's brains a little too much. Anyway, on to bigger and better things. One quick thing I wanted to mention as well. I know that I've mentioned this uh, in previous weeks that I was fortunate enough to sit down with Ian Murray, who makes music as Butch Bastard, who just released an album, Las Vegas Salvation, a couple of months ago. And it's uh, my album of the year, I'm calling it. But uh, I, I was lucky enough to sit down for a really great, really long conversation with him. And I have that to release here very soon. Life has just been a little rough lately, and so I haven't gotten a chance to finish editing that show. But as soon as I do, I will be publishing that. Also, uh, my friends in Illiterate Light were on tour earlier this year with Mo Loda and the Humble, but now they are uh, embarking on a tour of their very own. So Illiterate Light is a two-piece band, Jeff and Jake, 
And uh, but they're so incredible that you would swear to God that there's like five or six dudes on that stage. They rock hard, absolutely kick ass. And they are starting a massive tour of their own. They're actually on it right now. And they're all over the country. They have like a slew of dates coming up between now and the end of the year. So be sure to go to illiteratelight.com and uh, check out their tour dates. See if they're coming anywhere near you. If they are, got to get tickets. You got to go see them. I'm telling you, they are amazing. And you will not regret spending the money for tickets or or the time to go see them. And uh, definitely uh, when you do, uh, you will enjoy it. You can thank me later and definitely be sure to buy some merch as well. Okay? Okay. Hey, listen, thanks for uh, listening to all of that. And now let's get into the uh, the meat and the potatoes of the show here. Every week I kick things off with a quote from a famous artist. This week's quote comes from Bruce Springsteen, who said, The best music is essentially there to provide you with something to face the world with. And as this world becomes increasingly harder to face, uh, music is our go-to our, uh, our, our place for, for comfort or for joy or whatever. And that's what we're all about. So, uh, yeah, that's a great quote. I thought everyone would appreciate that. This week's Rock the Vote poll, I'm asking what's the most money you've ever paid to see a concert? 100 bucks or less, 100 to 250 bucks, 250 to 500 bucks, or $500 or more. I know that some people will spend great deals of money to see their favorite artist. I don't believe I've ever spent more than maybe 100, 120 bucks to go see a show, like at at the most. Uh, but then again, I haven't been to a lot of shows in recent years. In recent years, uh, the cost of tickets has skyrocketed. So uh, anyway, I want to know where all of my listeners and readers fall on that scale. So be sure to hit up that poll and uh, cast your vote. Every week, I include a playlist with the newsletter and the podcast. Uh, it's available on Spotify and Apple Music. Just look for Zappagram playlists. Uh, this week, we are on number 63, and it's a long playlist. I believe we have 20 tracks this week because we're uh, combining basically last week and this week. My friends in the band Bloom have released a new track that's fantastic. Of course, as I mentioned, Breezy the Band has a new track out that is absolutely fantastic. On here, I've found uh, a new band called Friendship Commanders. They're not a new band, but they're new to me. Kick-ass track. TV Girl, same thing. I've got some Alabama Shakes, some Manic Street Preachers, uh, some Bleach Lab. They have a new single out, which is great. Y Oak has new music out. Molly Pardon, Juliana Madrid, Hosier, Amanda Shires, and Bobby Nelson. That would be Willie Nelson's sister, who is uh, sadly no longer with us, R.I.P., but they did a great cover of Always On My Mind, Willie's uh, classic song. Hosier, I mentioned him. Ellie Case has a fantastic new song, and uh, if you listen to her song, all the proceeds uh, from that song go to benefit women's reproductive rights, so that's fantastic. Listen to that. Ilzy has new music. Bird Talker, Casual Fan, Des Money. Uh, Cindy Wilson from the B-52s has put out a solo album and has a really, uh, really upbeat, happy-sounding, positive kind of a little bop there as well that I've included on the playlist. So again, Zappagram number 63. Be sure to check it out either on Spotify or Apple Music. Enough chit-chat. It's time to jump into this week's music news. A lot of artists have been in the news recently in the last couple of years for selling off the, the rights to their music. Stevie Nicks, uh, Bob Dylan sold the rights to his music for like 400 million bucks. 
Bruce Springsteen sold the rights to his music for half a billion. And the latest artist to join them is Paul Simon, who has sold off the rights to the Simon and Garfunkel royalties. According to Rolling Stone, Simon sold a substantial stake in his rights to the royalty income from Simon and Garfunkel's recordings, along with a type of public performance royalty called neighboring rights. The company said BMG, the company that bought the rights, uh, refused to give any financial details about the purchase or disclose how much of a stake in the royalty rights it bought. But a source familiar with the matter tells Rolling Stone the deal closed in the eight figures. That's a lot of figures. And Paul Simon is still with us, but sadly in news for another uh, musician who is no longer with us, Teresa Taylor, the drummer from uh, Butthole Surfers, died at the age of 60 last week. The news about Taylor, also known as Teresa Nervosa, was shared by the band Monday on Twitter. Teresa Taylor passed away peacefully this weekend. She will live in our hearts forever. R.I.P. Dear Friend. She had had a lot of health problems over the last uh, 20 years or so, but uh, still very sad that she has passed away. Jason Isbell, a, a wonderful dude, wonderful musician, and uh, great on Twitter, too. Man, he just eviscerates some people on Twitter in, uh, in usually the funniest and classiest ways. Jason Isbell unveils 2023 Ryman Residency with uh, guests S.G. Goodman, Lawrence Rothman, and others, the eight-night event emphasizes LGBTQ talent. He and his band, The 400 Unit, have an annual residency at Nashville's Ryman Auditorium, and uh, they will return again this October for the third year in a row. The legendary singer-songwriter just released a new album titled Weather Veins, and these eight nights at the legendary Ryman Auditorium, uh, each show will feature a different artist in the opening slot. Isbell's wife, Amanda Shires, will open for him on one of the nights. The other seven nights of those shows include a stacked roster of artists joining him on stage, all of which are, uh, are LGBTQ artists. Isbell's lineup comes at a time when LGBTQIA plus people in, in this country are seeing an increasing number of bills being proposed and enacted that put their lives at greater risk. So as an ally, I really appreciate seeing that he's doing this. He's just a kick-ass solid dude and an incredible musician. Badass guitar player, too. Uh, the run of shows kicks off October 12th and wraps up October 22nd, and tickets for those shows are on sale right now. Sonic Youth is releasing a live album of their final New York show, a complete recording of this 17-song set at the Williamsburg Waterfront in 2011, gets released widely in August of this year. The new live album, Live in Brooklyn 2011, arrives August 18th and will be available on vinyl, CD, and cassette tape for the first time. The remixed and remastered album will also, of course, be released digitally. Faye Webster is an artist who has uh, come up in the last few years that I have a lot of respect for, really appreciate her and her music. She has shared her first new song in two years along with a video for that song, but Not Kiss is the title of the song. Uh, it arrives with a music video. Uh, also, the clip was filmed at uh, Los Angeles' famed Bob Baker Marionette Theater and finds Webster sharing the stage with puppet bandmates. It's really cool. She's also, uh, like I said, announced a string of North American tour dates, and she will be all over the country on tour this fall. So be sure to check out the link in the newsletter to find out if she's coming to a city near you. Uh, tickets for all of those shows are on sale now. 
One of the places on my bucket list to see a live show is at Red Rocks in Colorado. But last week, nearly 100 people were injured after being pelted by giant softball-sized hail at Red Rocks. They were there to see Louis Tomlinson live in concert. And because the weather was uh, turning increasingly shitty, they delayed the show a couple of times before eventually announcing it was completely postponed. But not until around 10.30 p.m. local time, after uh, which point there were already several people with hospitalizations and uh, serious injuries from this major hailstorm that just came raining down on anybody. If you've ever seen the Red Rocks Amphitheater, you know that there's not really anywhere you can go to get out of that. So, yeah, that, that really would have sucked. And uh, then when people started returning to their cars, they realized that, you know, their windshields were smashed and, and their cars were all dented up and everything. So uh, that was that was not great. One year back in the 90s, I guess it was, my girlfriend at the time and I uh, went to Lilith Fair. We lived in Nashville, Tennessee. We went to Lilith Fair in Atlanta, Georgia, and it was a massive rainstorm. It was also outdoor amphitheater. It was a massive rainstorm, and basically the entire place turned into a giant mud fest. The grounds were just, it was all mud, and stupid people started throwing mud and sliding in mud and then bumping into everyone else, so... At the end of it, whether or not you were trying to not get muddy, you were muddy too. So we were covered in mud, soaking wet, head to toe, and then had to drive from Atlanta back to Nashville. We had planned it as a day trip, not packed any other clothes. So we decided that uh, the only sensible thing to do was to drive home naked. And uh, that's what we had to do from Atlanta to Nashville. I think that was like a four or five hour drive naked. It was all good until we had to stop for gas. Richard David James, best known as Aphex Twin, has announced a new EP, the first release of new music in more than five years. The uh, Irish-born electronic musician has a new four-song EP uh, with a very strange title, Black Box Life Recorder 21F slash In a Room 7-F760. I am dying to know the story behind that album title. Uh, anyway, it's uh, first new music of five years. It's coming out on July 28th via Warp Records. The first single is streaming right now. So if you're an Aphex Twin fan, go and check that out. They're also playing a series of festivals across uh, UK and Europe, including London's Field Day and uh, Dower Festival in Dower, Belgium this summer. In further tour news, Love Him or Hate Him, Morrissey has announced a 40 Years of Morrissey anniversary tour coming to North and South America this fall. He, of course, will be performing his own solo material as well as uh, tons of songs from the Smiths catalog. The show will kick off in Mexico, go down to South America, and then come back up to North America, concluding in October for a four-night run in New York City. Tickets for all of those shows are currently on sale. Got some Neil Young news. Neil Young's deep dive into his archives will continue this August with the arrival of what's considered one of the most mythic and desired items in his vault, his unreleased 1977 album Chrome Dreams. The long bootlegged LP featuring a dozen songs, many of them classics, that Young recorded between 1974 and 1977 will finally be released on August 11th via Reprise Records. The track list restores the one found on the original Chrome Dreams acetate that was uncovered and endless 
ruthlessly bootlegged over the past few decades. Young even alluded to the long-lost album when he released a sequel, Chrome Dreams 2, 30 years later, back in 2007. All 12 songs found on Chrome Dreams are likely familiar to Neil Young fans as the majority were later released on different albums. However, six of the 12 tracks are presented here in this new package in the original way, the original recordings opener Pocahontas, which later featured on Rust Never Sleeps, strips off that album's overdubs, and then tracks like Sedan Delivery and Hold Back the Tears feature different lyrics than the versions that would pop up on later Neil Young albums. Chrome Dreams is available to pre-order now, including a double LP with an etching on the fourth side. That's kind of interesting. I usually try to record this show later at night when things have quieted down just a bit, but I'm having to record earlier in the day uh, for this show, probably for subsequent shows as well, and the sounds of life are happening outside. It's the uh, July 4th weekend here, and there are, you know, kids playing, cars revving, motorcycles driving by, uh, shit exploding and blowing up. There's probably going to be an ice cream truck here in just a second. Madonna was in the news last week after being found uh, collapsed and unresponsive at her home. She is reportedly now on the mend a day after the singer's manager announced that the pop music legend was hospitalized after suffering from a serious bacterial infection. She is now reportedly back at home and resting and feeling better. She had a tour planned, but they're going to postpone that tour while she recovers. So we wish her well. A couple of weeks ago, I shared an update about Jesse Malin. Singer-songwriter has been in a New York hospital bed since suffering a rare spinal stroke in early May. The uh, medical episode left him with, paralyzed from the waist down. Malin revealed exclusively to uh, Rolling Stone in an interview earlier this month uh, but vowed he is determined to walk and dance again. In a new video released Thursday morning on Instagram, the singer thanked his fans for their encouraging messages and donations. A sweet relief campaign is raising money for his health care costs. You can donate to that at the link that will be in the newsletter. Malin says that he's still in the hospital, but he's in a good state of mind and he's fighting hard, so we certainly wish him all the best and uh, hope for a full and speedy recovery. Electronic music genius James Blake has returned with a brand new album titled Playing Robots Into Heaven, and return in a big way he did this past Wednesday when all at once he announced a new tour, this new song that is out now streaming everywhere, and a new album to, uh, to follow. The full album will be released September 8th, and the new single, Big Hammer, is out, as I mentioned, streaming everywhere now, and there's also a new video out for that single, so be sure to check that out if you're a fan of Mr. Blake. The Breeders have announced a 30th anniversary reissue of their 1993 breakout album, Last Splash. It comes out via 4AD on September 22nd, the LP was remastered from its original analog tapes and it arrives with two unearthed archival songs. The Breeders will also be going on tour to commemorate the occasion, with Belly, Screaming Females, and Horse Girl joining them at different stops along the way. See the full itinerary and listen to the previously unreleased track, Go Man Go, at the link in the newsletter. Have you heard this whole thing that's going on with Genius? You know, Genius.com, the lyrics website. They first accused Google of lifting lyrics from their website to publish it in its search results back in 2019, claiming it could prove that Google took lyrics from its website because the lyrics were watermarked by a system of alternating straight and curled apostrophes. Genius sued Google, the suit was dismissed, and then they were trying to take the suit all the way to the Supreme Court, and now they have been shut down. The Supreme Court's on a real roll lately, aren't they? Is it freedom of speech if I say we should burn that motherfucker to the ground?
I guess I'll find out if I end up in jail for saying that. Got some Alice in Chains news. After recently being announced as a supporting act on Guns N' Roses' 2023 North American tour, Alice in Chains have beefed up their itinerary with a run of U.S. headlining shows. Those headlining shows take them all over North America, kicking off in uh, September in Kansas City, wrapping up in Vancouver, B.C. in mid-October. Tickets for those shows are on sale right now. And speaking of Guns N' Roses... Their recent performance at the Glastonbury Festival received multiple negative reviews, and now the band has responded to the bad press. GNR highlighted two reviews from major UK publications in particular, one by music critic Neil McCormick of The Telegraph, subtitled Welcome to the Mumble, and an even harsher piece by the Independent's Mark Beaumont that called GNR's Quote, frontrunners for the worst Glasto headline set of all time. Beaumont pulled no punches, writing that Axl Rose, quote, flips between a lower register that resembles a clogged lawnmower and a higher one that sounds like Barry Gibbs suffering the mother of all wedgies. Ouch. <laughs> the band responded by taking to Twitter to put both writers on blast, tagging each of their Twitter handles and borrowing a line from the song Chinese Democracy, saying it would take a lot more hate than you. You know, I love Guns N' Roses. You you cannot beat Appetite for Destruction. That was one of the greatest rock albums of all time. Came out in 87, I believe, uh, when I was a, a mere lad. And I remember mowing yards uh, during that summer, trying to earn money. And in my Walkman, all summer long, uh, you could find Appetite for Destruction. I actually went through three copies of that cassette that summer, because I think because the, the tape just wore out. It was so hot. Anyway, so... Love the band. Love that album. Let's just say that. Uh, but now, you know, I think from what I've seen as well, I've seen a lot of performances of theirs in recent months, and I think they just need to hang it up. Leave us with our good memories from Appetite for Destruction, and, and just maybe, you know, enjoy those royalties. <laughs> In this week's Z-Rex Zappa's Recommendations, there's a piece titled Dear Idiots, Please Stop Throwing Things at the Stage that appeared this past week in Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, kind of goes to the heart of a lot of what I was talking about earlier. That's in there. It's a really good piece by Rob Sheffield. Be sure to check that out. Also, one other piece from Rolling Stone in there titled Nashville's Radical Reinvention. From a pop rock boom to an influx of conservative media personalities, the country music capital is changing rapidly. Lastly, in my Z-Rex recommendations this week, Boy Genius, everybody knows Boy Genius, the super group consisting of Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker, and Lucy Dacus. They're kind of blowing up right now at the moment. They've got a new album. They're on tour. Some really great songs on that album and some incredible three-part harmonies between the three of them. Incredible songwriting, incredible harmonies. They were recently appeared on uh, Sirius XM and performed their song Not Strong Enough live on that show. And I've included a video of that because that is a uh, textbook example of how you do three-part harmonies. It's a really great performance. Check that out. There were a lot of new releases since we last were together. Of course, we had uh, new albums from Albert Hammond Jr., Amanda Shires and Bobby Nelson, Lloyd Cole, M. Ward, Portugal the Man, Y. Oak, Charlie Watts, Frank Zappa, Grateful Dead, The Gins, and Lucinda Williams. As well, those new singles that I mentioned from my friends in Bloom and my friends in Breezy the Band. Both of those, of course, again, I want to mention they're on the playlist this week. Be sure to listen to them. On the release radar, music that's going to be released over the next 30 to 45 days, we have new albums forthcoming from Anoni and the Johnsons, Julie Byrne, 
local natives Nick Drake, PJ Harvey, Taylor Swift, Dwayne Betts, Gordon Lightfoot's final album live at Royal Albert Hall is coming out. Blur has a new album. Nils Lofgren, Bethany Cosentino, Natural Disaster drops July 28th. Really excited for that one. Brad has a new album. Darling Side, Joni Mitchell live at Newport, Madeline Kenny, Stevie Nicks has a complete box set, studio albums and rarities coming out, and Susto has a new album coming out as well. A lot of great new music coming out. I will be listening to all of it and letting you know what you should check out and, uh, and what's a complete waste of your time. I don't find too many of those, but I'll let you know if I do. Our final segment on the show is On This Date, Musical Happenings of Historical Significance. Every week I go through what's coming up this coming week, the next seven days, and I tell you what happened in history, in musical history specifically, on those days. Uh, This is usually a bit of a lengthy segment, but a lot of people enjoy this. I think it's kind of cool. This week's is going to be extra lengthy because I'm covering two weeks worth of stuff, right? And by this time, some of this is not uh, uh, stuff that happened in the past that's coming up. It's stuff that happened last week. The date happened last week, but the stuff happened way in the past. Anyway, you get the point. June 26th, we celebrated birthdays for Mick Jones of The Clash, Chris Isaac, Harriet Wheeler of The Sundays. Man, I miss them. I love them so much. Colin Greenwood of Radiohead and uh, Nathan Folliwell of Kings of Leon. Also, June 26 in 1977, Elvis made his last ever live stage appearance at the Market Square Arena in Indianapolis. June 27th, Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention released their debut studio album, Freak Out. That came out back in 1966. And in 2012, the chief medical officer of Russia said that the Beatles were to blame for the country's drug problem. He said this in 2012. What? I... Whatever. June 28th, Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne ordered Trump not to use Ozzy's music for his political campaign. Trump had used Crazy Train in a video mocking his Democratic rivals. Sharon Osbourne suggested Trump ask some of his prominent supporters, such as Kanye West, Kid Rock, and Ted Nugent, to supply him with music for his shitty campaign. That happened back in 2019. June 29th, we celebrated birthdays for Colin Hay, uh, Colin Hay of Minute Work, and then, of course, now he's just solo artist Colin Hay. Love that guy. Uh, The same day, back in 2019, former Guns N' Roses drummer Steven Adler was taken to the hospital after stabbing himself. June 30th, Chet Atkins died in Nashville, age 77, back in 2001 on June 30th. June 30th, 1984, Bruce Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark peaked at number two on the U.S. charts, the first of six singles from his seventh studio album, Born in the USA, all of which hit the U.S. Top 10. July 1st, birthdays included Debbie Harry and Fred Schneider of the B-52s. That same day, July 1st, back in 1969, John Lennon and Yoko Ono were involved in a car accident in Scotland. Uh, Both of them needed hospital treatment afterwards. Lennon later had the car crushed into a cube and exhibited it on his lawn at Tittenhurst Park. And July 1st, 1995, DJ Wolfman Jack died of a heart attack. July 2nd, we celebrate the birthday of Roy Bitten of the E Street Band, Bruce's band. And on that date, July 2nd in 2008, the gravestone of former Joy Division frontman Ian Curtis was stolen from his grave. That is, um, that's low. July 3rd, we celebrate birthdays for Tommy Tedesco, American session guitarist, described by Guitar Player Magazine as the most recorded guitarist in history, recording with the Beach Boys, Everly Brothers, the Supremes, the Monkees, the Association, Barbra Streisand, Elvis Presley, Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Zappa, Sam Cooke, Cher, 
Nancy and Frank Sinatra. Man, this guy played with everybody. Neil Clark, guitarist for The Commotions. That would be Lloyd Cole's band, Lloyd Cole and The Commotions. Singer Laura Branigan, who had a hit back in the 80s uh, with Gloria. Multi-instrumentalist Kevin Hearn of The Bare Naked Ladies. Also on July the 3rd in 1971, Jim Morrison was found dead from a heart attack in a bathtub in his Paris apartment. Lastly, on July the 3rd in 1986, U2 crew member Greg Carroll was killed in a motorcycle accident in Dublin while running an errand for Bono. The song One Tree Hill on the Joshua Tree was written for and dedicated to him. Celebrating birthdays on July 4th, Mitch Miller, conductor-arranger Mitch Miller. The great Bill Withers was born on that day. English musician John Waite, who had a big hit back in the 80s with that uh, song Missing You. Matt Malley, the bassist for Counting Crows. Andy Cregan, who played piano for Bare Naked Ladies. Drummer William Goldsmith, who played with uh, Foo Fighters for a while, is also a member of Sunny Day Real Estate. And Post Malone celebrates birthday on July the 4th. He was born in 1995, one of the nicest dudes in music today. Also, on July the 4th, back in 1976, The Clash made their live debut, supporting the Sex Pistols at the Black Swan in Sheffield, England. July 4, 2003, Barry White died of kidney failure, aged 58. He was so young. And that same day in 1995, Foo Fighters released their debut album. On July the 5th, we celebrate the birthdays of Robbie Robertson, Huey Lewis, and Mark Cohn. Also on that day in 1975, Keith Richards was arrested by the Arkansas Highway Patrol on charges of reckless driving and possessing an offensive weapon, a 7-inch hunting knife. I thought that was standard issue in the state of Arkansas. July 6th birthdays include Bill Haley of Bill Haley and the Comets, singer-songwriter Nancy Griffith. Also, July the 6th was a huge, legendary, monumental day in music history because on that date in 1957, John Lennon and Paul McCartney met each other for the first time. Then, tragically, on July the 6th, 1971, American jazz trumpeter, singer, and band leader Louis Armstrong died. Speaking of the Beatles, on July 7th, we celebrate the birthday of Ringo. Happy birthday, Ringo. That same day in 1980, Led Zeppelin played their last ever concert with drummer John Bonham before his death. July 7th, 1984, Prince started a five-week run at number one on the U.S. singles charts with Wind Doves Cry. And July 7th in 2006, Sid Barrett died. Sid Barrett of Pink Floyd. On July the 8th, 1960, Andy Fletcher, bass player, synth player, and founding member of Depeche Mode, was born. Also born July the 8th, 1970, singer, songwriter, producer, multi-instrumentalist, Beck David Campbell, better known to you and I as simply Beck. And Jamie Cook, guitarist for Arctic Monkeys, was also born on that day, July 8th in 1985. Also on July 8th in 2007, Prince was forced off stage by police halfway through his set at the First Avenue nightclub during a late night gig in his hometown of Minneapolis. The club was only allowed to stay open until 3 a.m., but Prince didn't take to the stage until 2.45 a.m. Can you imagine being the cop that had to go in there and shut down Prince? No. No, I cannot imagine that. Wrapping up our very lengthy history lesson, on July the 9th, we celebrate the birthdays for Bon Scott of ACDC, Mitch Mitchell, Courtney Love, and Jack White. That same day in 1995, the Grateful Dead gave their last concert with Jerry Garcia at Chicago's Soldier Field. Jerry would die of a heart attack a month later while in drug rehab. R.I.P. Jerry. All right, everybody. Hey, listen, you know what they say about cliffhangers. 
Thanks for coming back this week. Thanks for being here week after week. Thanks for uh, excusing my absence. I'll uh, I'll get a note from my doctor. Bring it back for you next time we meet. Uh, listen, be sure to check out all the great music I mentioned in today's show. Check out Bloom. Check out Breezy, the band. Listen to uh, all of it. The playlist number 63. Find it on Spotify and Apple Music. And I'm going to leave you guys with a joke this week. What's green, fuzzy, and if it fell out of a tree, it would kill you? A pool table. <laughs> Get it? Hey, listen. I'm Chris Zappa. I've been your host. It's been a pleasure. And until next week, I am out of here.